arguably the top Canadian trio of all time, potentially. Welcome to the Music Draft presented by The Soundboard. Here's your commissioner, Rich. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Music Draft presented by The Soundboard, episode three, Three Piece Groups. Just wanted to mention that last podcast, sophomore albums, was a lot of fun. A big thank you to all you guys for either jogging my memory with albums that I love that fell out of rotation for whatever reason, um, or for turning me on to something new that wasn't, you know, in my wheelhouse. Um, Forest, uh, LCD sound system, uh, it was something I would have never gravitated to, but I, I dug that song you picked, um, all my friends. Uh, it was totally relevant to, you know, I think all of our places in life right now. And uh, I loved the album as well when I went, you know, when I went and listened to it. Stuart. Uh, Evil Empire and, and When the Pawn, I mean, they're both artists and albums that I, I loved, uh, but, you know, certain albums fall out of, they fall out of rotation for whatever reason. So, um, you know, thank you for reminding me how much I loved those, those two bands and, or the, those two artists and, and those two albums. Um, Moose, most importantly, thank you for not picking Disraeli Gears or Southern Harmony. And congratulations to you because I did not have to engage a spite list on you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's no denying the importance or the poignancy of of some of the bands you picked, The Clash, Tool, Tears for Fears, um, all timeless in in very different ways. Um, Maybe Tears for Fears, but yeah. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) just a reminder to please check out our podcast and leave us a review at the Music Draft on Spotify, um, Apple, Instagram, or wherever else you listen to. Um, each week we'll compile our playlist from the draft and they'll be available on Spotify. Um, quick recap of the rules. Uh, any artists taken in the previous drafts are off the table. Uh, that includes any side projects uh, they were also involved in. All right. Um, excited about this for a bunch of different reasons. Um, some of my personal favorites are trios, um, but also I think this is the draft that is going to introduce a few different genres of music that we haven't touched on yet. Um, the thing I love about trios is that every member is a, an essential component of the group. Every member is vital. Um, you can't hide. You can't be the, the, the guy that's strumming an acoustic guitar in the back of the mix that nobody can hear. Um, every member is an essential contributor. And for me as a musician, I feel like the musicianship and the sheer quality of the songs has to be evident for a three-piece group to be successful. Um, so that's what I'm considering is my main criteria. So, uh, you know, I think go around the horn, Moose, what are you looking for? Yeah, so I think that's a good call. And for me, when I think about a three-piece, I think about the following. I think about how much sound can you create with so little in terms of you only got three band members, three instruments are going. That's about it. And to me, you nailed it. Like, you could have a five-piece band with a guy, like, you know, twiddling the acoustic guitar, nobody hears it. And then <laughs> right. you got three guys, you got to get a lot out of it. And at the same time, me, like the bands that I'm hoping to pick, didn't just write one or two great songs. Like I think of a three piece, like they're memorable, like that stands out. So the bands that I'm choosing, hopefully are artists that left a mark in their genre or their style of music where like, you're like, Oh, and, and think of it like this in a three piece, you should be able to name the members of that band. Right. Really? Like five, six piece. You're going to forget call. guys. Like you arcade fire has got 20 people in their band. Ah, <laughs> I know you're naming them. All. Sorry. He's not doing it. Right. But like a three piece, you should be able to name them. Like, that and when you say the names you should probably know what band that is so that's kind of where i'm good call Stu. how about you man yeah uh, same thread three piece you should know all three members and you know it's unorthodox right you think of a band you're like okay you got a singer you got a guitar player bass player 
the drummer, you know, typical four piece band. So three is, is just unorthodox, right? It's, it's going backwards. Um, so it's how much can you get out of three people? And I love that, that concept. So, uh, I, I just look to see, you know, what three people can, can do to, to make a full sound. Um, and of course, you know, how, uh, how good their songs are. I mean, in the end, I just, uh, I look to see how powerful three people can, can do a song. So Maddie. Good points. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I really looked at bands and artists that, you know, having three members was like a defining attribute. Like, like when I, when I picture that band either playing live or their, their photos, it's like you, you, you just see three. It's just, that's what comes to mind. Uh, I tried to pick from various genres and time periods, but there were, there were some bands that immediately came to mind and my list has been ever changing. Uh, so um, potentially going a little below the surface, we, we could see, um, but it's, it's been fun to be put in a box like this. So, and, uh, excited the box with you boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So shall we get started gentlemen into the boxing ring? We go. Okay. First pick round one, pick one. Uh, my first pick commonly known Dream, as moving first, on next. Yes, let me Dream. go. So commonly known <laughs> as the first power trio. The, no, let, let me talk about my band here. Uh, first power trio, um, first super group, uh, they were called the first super group because every member at the time was known as, as the best musician on their respective instrument when they first formed, you know, in England. Um, they were only together for two years and, and they changed the face and the landscape of rock music forever. Um, they've, they, they've literally influenced every rock band that came after them. Um, Pioneers and Trailblazers. When I found my way back to this band, I was floored. You know, we've all had those moments where you listen to something and it fundamentally changes the way you think about music, right? Every, all of us have had those bands, um, just how primal and how powerful the music was. And then when I found out it was only three guys doing it, it blew my mind even more. Um, the, the, the sheer force of three guys just in a room creating this wall of sound was unlike anything that I've ever heard. And really anybody's ever heard since, you know, um, the main reason I wanted to play guitar, uh, was this band, Eric Clapton became a household name, you know, in this band. Um, this album in particular, they were on a U.S. tour um, and their visas were about to expire. So they went into Atlantic Records on a Tuesday and they cut this album by Friday and it was done. They cut this album in three days. What? Um, yes. Nice. Uh, the band is Cream. The album is Disraeli Gears. Um, the song is Sunshine of Your Love. Ah, you want Sunshine of Your Love, huh? I would feel, I feel like, listen, I, we know your infatuation with Eric Clapton and um, I agree wholeheartedly with what you say with Cream as a three piece and with the sound that came out of those three guys. I, it's a good, when I listen to Cream sometimes, I think of like, you got, you got Ginger Baker, was it Jack, Jack Bruce, right? Ginger and then Baker and Jack Clapton, Bruce. I feel it just solos a lot of times over some of the drum and bass riffs and just the things that he produces with the, the bass and the drums. It's really remarkable. I, they're, they were ahead of their time. Uh, you know, we'll bust your balls because, you know, we know how much you love, and that's fine. But to me, they're a band that I have a lot of respect for, um, and I do think they were ahead of their time, and I do think they've influenced many artists, whether they realize it or not. Totally. Yeah, I, just to reiterate what you said, Moose, I mean, we're talking four albums in four years. I mean, these Yeah, guys, that's unheard of. Like, you just don't see it, that. You just don't see it, and... 
and it's a three-piece, and they just did four albums in four years in the 60s. And in between just, tours. In between tours. I mean, their life in the late 60s much must have been just the coolest thing ever. Uh, I, I can't I can't even comprehend it. Um so yeah, no, it's a it's an obvious pick and, and it's a great pick. So well done. Not a surprise, but had to be done. Yeah. Maddie. I respect Clapton. Uh, I, I don't know what he I, like. I don't know who he is. Uh, Layla unplugged. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. Let me, let me. You, you've given me a nice, uh, nice entry, entry point to the to the hike. Let me, right. let me take it. I'll give it a cool. shot. I've dug, I've dug your pick so far. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go ahead and say I'm, I'm going to we're just going to get we're just going to do away with the obvious picks. I think cream was obvious. I think where I'm going next is pretty obvious as well. Forrest, I feel very confident that you have heard of the names. Gee, I don't know. Dave Grohl, um, Novoselic, Kurt Cobain. I'd like to think, you know, that that's Nirvana. I think we all feel pretty confident with that. So I, for me, I think if Rich is taking cream 60s power trio, I think it's obvious that I'm going to take the power trio of our generation, which was Nirvana. Yep. Um, I, I think if they did not get picked by either me or Rich, then we should stop doing this draft. <laughs> yep. Simple as that. Um, for me, when I think of Nirvana, I think about being in seventh grade when I first heard like the Nevermind album and like moshing in the basement of my friend's house and just beating the piss out of each other, listening to like territorial pissings and smells like teen spirit and just being like, wow, like what is this? What like, is this? It's, yeah. it's, it's poppy, but it's fuzz, punk rock, and it's this angst. And you're like, I don't know why I like it, but I do, and I can't stop listening to it. And I just have such a respect of Kurt Cobain's musicianship and him and Dave Grohl's ability to write songs in a very catchy way, but also still keep the do-it-yourself punk roots ethos that was there. Um, I think they changed music forever. And to me, I think they're an easy, obvious pick. The song that I would take is my favorite song of all time. No, it's not Smells Like Teen Spirit or Lithium. But for me, the best song is Drain You. Because oh, yeah. to me, <laughs> it's, it starts with the clean guitar. And Kurt Cobain was famous for clean, heavy, clean, heavy, clean, heavy riff. And then the best part of that song is both of those guys, Grohl and Cobain, love the Beatles, love them so much. When you listen to that song, Dave Grohl is ripping off a Ringo Starr drum beat it is so poppy and it's so punk it's just typical nirvana that's where i love it love it uh anything that has reference to the beatles i'm all in and uh i love hearing people reference them in songs and bands such as nirvana i mean come on nirvana we're 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 products of the 90s growing up with high school and college nirvana was the massively owned the 90s so it's just uh I mean, you can't deny it. So, uh, you know, Kurt, R.A.P., but we're uh, we're still listening to them nonstop. Yeah. And everybody. Love them. Yeah. Maddie? I mean, they were one of, if not the first uh, bands that I put on this three-piece list, of course. And I think yeah, it was... all of us, know, right? Yeah. I, I just expected they'd be gone. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Nirvana's... I wish they were still around. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nirvana's a stepping stone for a lot of us, right? They're, they're one of those bands like Pearl Jam and and those early 90s you know, bands that kind of got us into music and sucked us in. And then we went back and started kind of getting into the, the bands that they were influenced by. So, um, you know, another band that, that, that was gone way too soon. Stuart. All right. Good job, Moose. 
Thanks. I got to tell you, after me and Rich's picks, I have no idea where the two of you are. (laughs) I think I know where Stu's going. I definitely don't know where Forrest is going. I have an idea where Forrest is going. Oh, well, I'm going to go to a band that I absolutely love. Um, And similar to Cream and similar to Nirvana, these guys were massive, 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 massive. And, uh, you know, Rich went to the 60s. Anthony went to the nineties. I'm going to the eighties. Um, this band was introduced to me by my uncle. And I remember, uh, along the same threads of, you know, the talking heads and dire streets, a little three piece called the police. Yeah. And, yeah, really, man. and, uh, I remember my uncle showing me all sorts of bands and, uh, it came to the police and he just told me, um, listen to the police or you're a dipshit. <laughs> so, that, was, that was the instructions and I, and I appreciate how he did it because he didn't tell me about Roxanne right? he didn't tell me about message in the bottle so I didn't know their hits so I was able to appreciate their entire co- entire catalog not knowing where their fame and their and their and their just popularity came from and we kind of touched base on it in the last episode but what I love about the police and eventually to the song that I'm going to choose is that they were able to take that reggae vibe mm. with the yep. rock vibe and fuse it together. And I, I just love it. And the police do it to the T on so many of their tracks. Um, I'm going to go with the album, which is probably my favorite. When I look at the whole spectrum of their albums, I'm going with Senada Mandata. Mandata. Super awesome album from beginning to end, Man in the Suitcase. It's two minutes and 20 seconds of just the vibe that I dream about. Um, Absolutely love it. Picks too. I mean, listen, the police are are, uh, an incredibly formative band. And and so many of the bands you guys are picking, I mean, you you guys know my my recency bias. you know, I've just listened to their singles over the years and only their singles for the most part, and they're just so overplayed. And so I totally understand what you're saying, Stu, where you got to like start with the, like if you can just start fresh and hear the middle tracks and then Roxanne hits and it's it's fresh to you, but it's not like you've heard it a million times. It, it just, uh, that's, that's awesome. So yeah. Uh, I'll take that same path. Um, I've always liked, I've always liked the the vibe of the police, and um, but I've never really dug in. So yeah, I'll give it a I shot. Mean, I feel like I feel like the police were a band that was way ahead of their time. I think they combined a lot of different styles. Um, you know, they they have a little bit of a they kind of a, a new wave punk elements. They they like ska element um, that reggae beat, but they all kind of made it very accessible and. Um, you know, but at the same time, the music was complex. Yeah, so I, I was like, just oh, thinking that their music is very Hope complicated. Is a fantastic and drummer. Andy Summers yeah. is a dis- deceivingly good guitar player. And, you know, when you've got Sting can, Sting can sing, you know what I mean? And, you know, it just put it all together. And, and you know, they were just hit. They were, it was, they were just a hit machine. And they didn't compromise their sound to get those hits. It was just, it, it was a great combination of, of musicianship. That's a great point. Nice. Good one, man. I'll have to check out that tune. I don't know that tune, so I'm looking forward to checking it out, man. I, love, I can't wait for these back-to-back picks. No idea. Yeah. No idea. I see a lot of curveballs coming. Well, apparently apparently, Rich knows where I'm going. Um, I, do, do, do you want to write it on a piece of paper? Just no. say it. Let's hear it. It's okay. Right there. All right. Uh, I think I yeah. I'm not giving any ideas if I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I would say that I, 
easily my favorite three-piece band currently. And I would say they're probably in my current top 10 of like all time. Uh, my very first reaction listening to these guys, I thought they sounded like I listened to their overplayed single on K-Rock. I, I don't know why I was listening to K-Rock, but... Um, and I actually, I was like, oh, this is just another like Imagine Dragons and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I saw them play a Tiny Desk concert on, which is a KCRW thing. Yeah. And I was just, I was, I was just floored by their nuanced musicianship and their vocal harmonies. And I, I realized there was just a lot more substance and they were music aficionados and experimenting as opposed to like this, just this label puppet. Um, I put on the album an awesome wave with my mind open and my mind was blown. And between their first and second albums, they became a trio, which I <laughs> just checked on fucking Wikipedia right before this. I'm um, checking right now. Yeah, you can check it. I've already checked it. So Is it? All right. I'm really glad I didn't take their first album. Anyway, I can <laughs> listen to all three of their albums cover to cover, uh, from their big, bold stuff to their, like, moody, layered harmonies. Uh, they're the band name that is the Apple shortcut for a triangle, Alt-J. And I'm going with This Is All Yours and the song Blood Flood 2, which is a reprise from the first album. Uh, I would say it's one of their more darker and moody harmonies. And uh, Alt-J, boys. Okay. Learn them. Oops. Oh no, Rich! By all I, means, I, <laughs> are you thinking about? I, I honestly, I don't know much about them, so I'm anxious to hear the album. I, I know this, Forrest. I know that you you have spoken highly of them. I, I can't say that I've ever given them much thought, um, but I, I say it all the time. I say at least once in these podcasts. That's what it's all about, and I've enjoyed going <laughs> down these roads with some of these newer bands uh, that I just haven't put the time or effort into listening to. So to me, if you're putting them up there with your first pick, thank God it wasn't Limp Bizkit, uh, <laughs> you know, then um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love it, man. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Matt's talked about Alt-J for a long time, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan 100%. Um, I think the turning point for people that are kind of on the fence is to go see him live. Because I think, Forrest, you've seen him live a couple times, right? I have. So – and, and we've talked to some other friends that have seen him live and, and their live show, you know, is spectacular is, is the rumor. So it's, true. um, I think, uh, you know, if the music business gets back to live music, one of these days, you know, all J is hundred percent on my list to go see live. Are you okay. going back to back here, homeboy? Back, back to, to back. back, snake draft. Here Mr. we come back, to back. You love the back to back. Uh, careful. Um, Okay. This is clearly recency bias, but I don't care. Um, nothing literally has gotten more play in my house the last few months. Uh, this artist, after, I don't know, an eight-year hiatus, I think, released four singles in early quarantine era, March, I would say. Um, He's doing it. He's doing and it. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like it's just going through a spite list right now. Yeah. I don't know oh, if yeah. I like. I got to. I'm writing this out right now. I don't know if there's like less artists making music these days that I like get really excited about, but it feels like when I knew when this album was coming out, it was on my calendar, 
And it just feels so rare to be truly excited these days for an album to come out. It's our out. listening party last week. It was. This album yeah. uh, by the Quivering Trio, was. it was truly an event for me, and it did not disappoint. Um, nope. uh, with, you know, it's been on repeat, but it's definitely a staple already. Uh, it's quintessential Bright Eyes, but there's something, there's, there's a maturity or, and, and definitely like a, uh, there's something carefree, like it doesn't feel forced. Like the people's key felt forced. Um, so I'm going with bright eyes. I'm going with the new one down in the weeds where the world once was. And I know it's, although it's, it was not the single before it was, it was one of the first, anyway, I know it's their single. It's so good. I could take pan and broom. Album. I'm going with Mariana trench. It's badass. It's bright eyes. Those two words don't normally go together, Get but spite list out. They do for this. Hey, you were warned, man. I know. I told you I knew where you were going. What can I say about Bright Eyes? They're they're they were on my list. I didn't think they would get to the second round. They were my next pick, but I have a contingency because I figured you'd be taking them. I love Connor <laughs> Oberst. Uh, you know, I've I've loved that band. I've loved him since Steers and Mirrors. It came out in 2000. And since then, I've been hooked on this guy, on, on Connor Oberst. I love everything. I love almost everything he does. Um, Good qualification. You know, so, so yeah. you know, uh, there's no argument. I, I, you know, and and the new album is fantastic. It's like you said. There's a bit of recency bias because it's fresh, but it's 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 up there. It's 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 high quality. It's great. Yeah, um, just to piggyback, Marianne was a Marianne Trench. Is that one yeah. of his new singles? That song's yeah. amazing. That's a top ten song of the year for me. Um, big fan. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong there. I didn't know they were trio. I didn't know that until you guys were, you know, we were mentioning it back and forth. I was like, they are, but then I knew I, was, I wasn't going to, I knew they weren't coming back to me. So I was like, oh, I was, I was bummed when I mentioned that. I was like, Oh shit. Did I just let the cat out of the bag? <laughs> ain't, ain't, not, ain't nothing surpassing. I thought I was going to go under the radar with that because they're, you don't, you don't think that they're a trio, right? Yeah. I'm a same, same line of uh, what everyone's saying. Um, you know, Connor's lyrics to me are, are just superb and, and the music backs it up. But, uh, you know, for me, his lyrics really shine. Um, yeah, and then the music sure. just, just complements it perfectly. So great artist, great, great trio. And, uh, it's a good pick, man. I'm glad you didn't pick the one I'm going to pick right now. <laughs> All right. Round two. So I'm going to go with the trio that, um, you know, my first one was the police that was in the eighties. I'm going to jump to the nineties. And, uh, you know, I went to high school in New York city and this band is from New York city. Oh boy. And I heard, I heard a certain line from one of their, you know, more popular songs, but, uh, I already was a fan, but you know, we go to central park, this band was playing, we go to a party, this band was playing on the radio. We go to a, a roof, a roof, uh, top party and someone's playing this band. And, uh, this, this one song came on. And I heard, I heard, uh, M I K E to the D you come to see me and you pay a fee. And I just thought that was the coolest shit back in the early nineties. And, uh, I, you know, I was hooked for being that perfect teenage age living in New York city and having the beastie boys be part of that culture. I, I was all in. Um, so I, I'm going with the beastie boys, you know, it, Mike D MCA Adrock. Um, I'm going to go with check your head, which is their third album. Um, 
And to me, it's almost their most impressive. And that's where the Beastie Boys came alive. I mean, Paul was fatigue eventually got some underground love and I, I love the album, but yep. um, you know, when I heard past the mic, I, uh, you know, for being like a 15 year old kid in New York city, I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Ugh. So I'm going with uh, Beastie Boys, um, huge fan, big part of my nineties. And uh, that's my pick past the mic. You know, I, it's funny. The Beastie Boys are definitely someone I have a ton of respect for. The fact that I feel like they turned, they went from like rappers to then like playing music, but rapping over it. It was funky. It was from the streets. It had a little bit of everything to them. And I never like fully threw myself into them. But there are a lot of songs that they have that I just think are badass. Like Sure Shot, I think is a badass mm-hmm. tune. Sure. Um you know, so to me, I think the Beastie Boys deserve to be on this list and they deserve to be very high on this list. And I had a feeling you were going to take them um, right around this time. It makes total sense. Yeah. And they deserve to be picked. They are legendary um, in the rap industry and really just the music industry as a whole, for sure. But you kind of said it. I mean, they didn't really know what they were. Were they rappers? Were they punk rockers? Were they uh, doing instruments? Like they sampled like they sampled Led Zeppelin. I think it was on the first did- album, Licensed to Ill. They sampled When the Levy Breaks. Yeah. But the thing I love well, about the Beastie Boys is actually that they went, they did try it. They went out and did it, right? They weren't, they didn't, they weren't thinking to themselves. They were never afraid to try and push the envelope. Exactly. And I love that kind of sort of creativity. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I thought just, the list. just like Nirvana, I mean, I, I just kind of, pens- I just figured they would be gone. But <laughs> I mean, watching, watching their evolution from punks to, to revolutionaries and, you know, groundbreaking musicians, uh, my favorite song by them is, is get it together. But I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're together. It's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Q-tips on that. Right. But, uh, I think, I think you're right, Stu. Like w- once, uh, past the mic, it was just like, okay, like this is, this is the time. Cool. Good pick Stuart. All right. Move All right on. So most, all right. So this next pick, once again, I, I think this pick, this band has to be taken in the top trio. This pick, is for if my brother ever decides to listen to any of this. This pick is mainly for him. All right, because if I if I do this draft and I don't take this band, there's a chance he will disown me as his younger brother. So, and I do think they belong on this list. And I think they are a lover. Well, that's band. good. That, that's a minor you, detail. You either absolutely <laughs> love this band or you hate this band. I fall more on the love side. Uh, I think I, I think I know where we're headed because I think, yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going, I think, I think they belong (laughs) on the Mount Rushmore of prog rock um, with their unique sound, their time signatures, their weird jams, Alex Lifeson on guitar and Neil Peart on drums and Getty Lee at bass. So it goes back to Stu, your point as a bass player, being a singer, and there's no way you could do this draft without one of us taking rush. And for me, I was, I kind of figured they'd be here at this point. Um, I think I don't love all their stuff, but man, I will tell you some of their, when they are on point and the song that I pick is the spirit of the radio, which I still, the oh. second that song comes on, that's like tears for fears from me. The second it comes on, it doesn't come off. The guitar lick that starts that song is so fast and so great. And it is just friggin' awesome. And I love the lyrics of the song talking about the radio industry and the hypocrisy of it. Like, it's just, it's yep. fantastic. It's almost like taking Pink Floyd's Welcome to the Machine and turning it into a prog rock song with the yep. lyrics. Uh, I think they deserve to be up there. I, Absolutely, I think, man. I think they're just great. I think they're phenomenal musicians. And as someone, you know, like I love Tool, 
Tool Swears by Rush. And when you listen yeah, to dude. their timeless signatures, their whole thing, to me, Rush is a no-brainer. My brother has continued to keep me as his own. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Spirit of the Radio. I think that's a they deserve to be up there. No. Slap Absolutely. the beast, buddy. Yeah. Slap Rush is... <laughs> Rush is a great pick. I think the people that don't like Rush, A, their music is complex and they don't want to be bothered with that sort of thinking about music thing, or they don't like Getty Lee's voice. Either way, listening to your music is impressive and they're, tr- they're trying to create something unique. And those guys are such good musicians that what they create that's unique is just happens to be more complex and intricate than most bands put out. And I think that's, I think that's awesome. Rush is a great pick. They definitely be- belong on this list. And well, it I think me or, it was either going to be me or you. Mostly. I know, I knew, I knew it would be me or you. <laughs> well, I think, and, and I, I, I think too, Moose. Like you, you and I both were hugely influenced by our brothers, and you know, I mean, you. I remember hearing Tom Sawyer at your house and just being like, "Whoa, what is this?" And you know, it's one of those bands that I think you're probably one of the only people like when I hear rush, I think of you. And so, uh, and when I think of you, I smile. So oh, that's so, good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So, so I, I, I dig rush and, uh, I respect them and I respect them for, I, I actually, they were just on some, there was some podcast. They were just talking about them, how, how they just wouldn't, they wouldn't compromise. No, like they, like they just, they nope. just, they, yeah. And like, that's, that's great. That's a, it's not easy to do. You know, arguably the top Canadian trio of all time, potentially. Whoa, potentially. I don't know. That sounds like Wait, a, I'm sorry. That, that sounds like a Google fact. Top Canadian trio. Can I, have, no, I have a question. Greatest that, Canadian trio. I think so. I mean, Moose, someone had to take the greatest Canadian trio. Last question, Moose. When you and your brother are in the same room and you're playing air guitar, who plays bass? Who plays guitar? Oh no 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 no! I'm the old pert all day. I'm drums. <laughs> oh, you're drums. Okay, all right. Drums, all right, I got you. I'm Neil Peart, baby. When, I, when I'm Rush Air, if I'm Air Band, it's Neil Peart all day. Your Air Drums. Oh, oh Air yeah. Drums and Neil Peart. Oh, God, it's, it's amazing. All yeah, right. I, I do love that pick, and I love the fact that, again, it's another uh, bass singer. I, I think that's so cool. So His bass lines are crazy, too, and his singing yeah, on those bass lines, it's insane. Anyway. Whole all other right. podcast. Rich okay. Hey, what do you got for us? All right, wrapping up round two. Um, my next pick... Uh, this, this, I consider this guy to be the conduit, um, the bridge who brought uh, the blues back to the mainstream in the early 80s um, in a time when, uh, when straight up blues guitar, not, not blues rock, but real just straight up blues guitar was the polar opposite of what was happening in, in the music scene in the 80s at the time. Um, but there was just no denying how brilliant this guy was. Um, his band was just backing him up uh, and they're fantastic, but this guy doesn't need anybody to back him up he's he's that good um he was actually discovered by david bowie um at the Whoa. montreux jazz festival um he picked him oh up oh my god um, are you hey, if i'm thinking where you're thinking this is a three-piece yes he is oh uh, are you shitting me and he got into oh, the door i did not because, do my homework at this because three-piece. because uh he was playing this nasty blues guitar that nobody wanted to hear at a jazz oh, festival and david this. And David Bowie was like, who is this guy? Put him on his, ironically, put him on Let's Dance, the, the, you know, oh one of his biggest pop hits of the 80s. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe this guy's a three-piece. I guess he is. You know, but, but his original stuff is where it's at. It's not, I mean, even though his covers are, like, some of his covers are utterly brilliant, but he could go from playing the heaviest blues guitar to, you know, the most incredibly delicate 
balance playing without skipping a beat. He was that good. He can do, he had, he was a complete player. Um, his death was one of the biggest tragedies of the last, you know, 30 years. He had just started to get his life back together and he was killed in a helicopter crash. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, uh, I'm going to pick Texas flood from his debut album. I, I am going to just jump in right here and applaud that pick to the nines. That might be my favorite pick so far because a, I'm disappointed 100%. in my lack of homework that I didn't recognize that he's a three piece. I think Stevie Ray Vaughan is one of my favorite guitar players of all time. And I don't like the blues that much. I'm not a huge blues guy, but I, you cannot deny how good he is. I, I think he shreds. I think people were blown away by his ability. And he was playing that type of music in a decade where that music was not appreciated at all. Nope. And you talk about a guy who didn't, who didn't care. I, I he, I'm like speechless at the fact that I didn't think he was a three piece. I think it's an awesome pick. I will tell you one of my favorite live performances I've ever seen on TV was him MTV unplugged 12 oh, pride and joy, pride and joy. Talk, yeah. Yo, you want to watch a guy Life by the drop and guitar oh. and just be like, his hands are like, he's like a magician. When you play like that channel, 12 string, that's a great friggin' pick. I applaud you for that pick. That's tremendous. So the reason why that pick is so powerful today, and uh, I've listened to um, multiple Stevie Ray Vaughan songs today, uh, it's because today is his 30-year anniversary yep. of his death. No shit. So with uh, that being said, let's give a big cheers to Stevie Ray. We lost him 30 years ago today. Uh, um, he, uh, he obviously was a, a magician on the guitar and uh, changed so many people's lives. Um, yeah, there, there hasn't been a been another Stevie Ray, and uh, yeah, I mean that's a three piece. I mean you got you got Chris Layton, Tommy Shannon, and and Stevie Ray. I mean that's on and Double Trouble, and Double Trouble. Oh, Double Trouble, it's just so good, so I, so, so good. Cheers, cheers to us uh, to Stevie Ray. Cheers, man. Great pick, Rich. Moving I on. I did not see that ending on, ending up on this list because I just had no idea. <laughs> That's all awesome. it's on the list. Oh my God. Now I'm Absolutely, like, Absolutely, man. Ugh. I feel like I need to put myself in time I'm surprised that you didn't know that. I'm honestly surprised that you didn't think that it would be. A, I, I thought you were, I thought you, they would, he would be on your list, Moose. I, he would have been, if, my knowing list. this, I still would have gone Nirvana Rush, but he would have been my third round pick. You would have taken right out from under me. Yeah. Um, he would have been my third round pick for sure. Yep. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to change gears with this pick a little bit. You get to double um, up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, starting round three. Um, so in high school, I had, I had a friend, uh, I had a lot of friends in high school who were into hip hop, but one, one oh, guy who was into bitch. No, I don't think you're, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, uh, so <laughs> he was into the good. I mean, not, he was in a tribe, uh, you know, the, the conscious hip hop, like diggable planets, those kind of guys. And he asked me if I wanted to go see a show with him, but he wouldn't tell me who it was. And he kind of knows that he knew what, you know, he knows what, I'm, a, I'm, a, you know, I'm kind of a slave to music. Right. And he knew that eventually if he held out, I would go. So we went to uh, the old knitting factory uh, down on like Leonard street. And um, they were, they were still an underground band in, in the mid nineties, but they ended up being pretty popular on, on the jam circuit. Um, they were, they're a jazz trio, but they're a little bit electronic, a little bit hip hop, a little bit trance music, all just awesome groove. Um, and they were just so original and creative. I hadn't heard anything like that, having all those different styles combined. Um, the band was Medeski, Martin, and Wood. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pick a Shackman. 
And uh, I'm going to go with an album, a song called Think. Ah. Wow. Okay. That makes me happy because it's not the pick I was about to take. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you you know, I've heard of them, but I don't know much by them. And I know you've talked about them quite a bit. Great. Phenomenal musicians, um, you know, instrumental bands, right? So they, they just jam out and they were huge in the jam scene uh, in the 90s in New York City. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw them at uh, a crossroads in New yep. York City. Yep. Um, but they, they've also had some, didn't they have some? Wasn't that, they, were, they played at the wetlands quite a bit too. Wetlands, the wetlands? oh my God. L- lived there in the Yeah, in no, the man, that place is great. Um, yeah, great pick. And, you know, if you're, if you're into the Grateful Dead, it was kind of like down that line. And then if you go to the Grateful Dead and then to Fish and all that kind of world, you got they into it. So different, yeah. Yeah, you got into that and you're just like, whoa, like this is, this is fun. And uh, yeah, great musicians, great pick. I'm uh, glad they're on the list. Yeah, I mean, Medeski, it's funny, like when I first learned of them, it was like, these guys are music scholars and like music, <laughs> to use that word again, aficionados. Um, and their their albums were great. I, they've, they've sort of slipped through the cracks. I, you know what? I listen to a lot of instrumental music while I work and I bet, uh, I bet I dig them again. So uh, time to give them another spin. Good, good work. Thanks, man. Moving on. You're welcome. I think I just right. heard a baby cry. So no, that's my kid screaming. That's okay. Uh, okay. I'll edit that out. Oh, it's just a scream. Just a scream. It means nothing. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a hurt cry. It's an angry. I don't see bone coming out of their skin. They're fine. No. No. Um, so look, I'm very happy, Rich. When you said hip hop, I got nervous because I was slightly concerned you might take this artist because of how their impact on just the music scene. I know. Um, and I'm glad you didn't. So that means I get to take them. So I'm happy about that. So my criteria for this whole thing is, you know, artists that leave a mark. So when you are, when you are the least, and feel free to Google this, and I think I'm correct here. When you are the first hip hop rap group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then you obviously, you are obviously, <laughs> you're obviously doing something, you're obviously doing something right. TLC was just put up for the viewers at home. But when I think about, Joe Ron Simmons, Daryl DMC, and Jam Master J. And I think about when I was a kid in the 80s, and I think about Run DMC on MTV, and I think about my Adidas, and I think about them wearing the sports gear. And as a teen, as a, you know, not even a teenager yet in the 80s, kind of like a fourth or fifth grader being like, man, like, yo, that, that shit looks cool. <laughs> like, I like the way they rap no, back and forth. And the Beastie Boys and Run DMC kind of came up at the same time, DMC first. And I think the Beastie Boys then tried to kind of be a little bit like them. But the back and forth of the rapping pioneered that style of like back and forth with different artists. And for me, I, I think this list deserves to have Run DMC on it. Oh, because absolutely. they are the pioneers of rap. They're the first rap group in the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because even though they're rap, it's the fact that to me, rock and roll is always all about the spirit and breaking trends. And that's exactly what Run DMC did with their rap music. And I loved them as a kid. I remember Walk This Way with Aerosmith breaking ground of course. musically with an African-American, like rap, white rock and roll, blending in together on MTV, like really groundbreaking stuff. Totally. And it was awesome. That's not the song I'm picking. Um, but for me, the song that I would take is off of Raising Hell. And the song's called It's Tricky. 
and it's my favorite. <laughs> so good. Favorite. It's fantastic. Favorite of the back and forth rapping between Run and DMC. It's just I love it. Every time it's on, it makes me smile. It makes me dance awkwardly because I can't dance. Um, and I just like love it. So I'm taking Run DMC. They left their mark as a three piece. Um, that's where I'm going. I mean, great pick, Moose. I mean, yeah. I, I when you said you know Trailblazers, pioneers, right? They they you know they 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 brought hip hop. You know, I think one of the bands that brought hip hop to the mainstream for sure. And yep. I were I happen to work at Adidas, and those guys are hanging up in a lot of different places still. They were never <laughs> not. They were never not cool. You know what I mean? And yep. uh, and they're you know they're they're their influence not just on hip hop but but in popular culture is evident to this day. Yeah, Run DMC, they had a couple of years on the Beastie Boys and they they were really what lifted the Beastie Boys to like even get their shit together. So so Run DMC was fully founded and, and grounded, you know, already. Um but they were instrumental on getting multiple bands in the in the hop the hip hop scene. So and let's not forget one of the greatest Christmas songs. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Christmas. Oh, is it Christmas and Hollis? Yeah. Wow. Christmas and Hollis. Yeah. Hollis. Song, I think Hollis. it was Christmas and Hollis. Hollis. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that uh, one. Okay. Well, it's so it's it's tricky. I obviously know. I I'm, I might need to look up the Christmas song. Yeah. Oh, it's Maybe. the best. They have the same. They're wearing the same outfit. They're just wearing Santa Claus hats. Okay. okay cool. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? It's funny that the image is etched in my head. But. Yeah. I need to listen to this. All right. Guy. Yeah. They're cool. The Godfathers. Moving on. Stuart. All right. Here we go. So I'm going to go. So, okay. Now, this band, they were not a three-person per, three band um, for their first nine studio albums. <laughs> and <laughs> The John Mayer then, trio. Okay. It, I wish. Oh, man. So good. Um, but you know when they turn into a trio because they had an album called and then there were three and i am talking about genesis oh good bill pick, collins dude. and i love genesis and my <laughs> brother thought about that too so these guys oh i totally oh, thought about taking genesis so so even though so and here's the crazy thing about genesis um People think of the name Genesis like, oh, they're an 80s band. They're an awesome 80s band. 70s. Their, their first album was 69. Yeah. They had seven or eight albums in the 70s. And the 80s is really where they were a trio. Um, and it's a so, lot of people don't know, like Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel was Genesis. in Genesis. Yeah. Peter Gabriel, and they were like, forget a, about that. And they, yeah. were, they were a real progressive rock band back Very, then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Genesis Genesis gets a lot of love. That's, that's right here, man. That's yep. perfect. So they, uh, so, you know, it's real easy to see where they turn into a trio, which is the band, uh, the, the album. And then there were three and they did four or five albums as a trio. And then they kind of went on their solo records. Um, but it was Phil Collins, Tony Banks, Mike Rutherford. And I'm going to go with the album, their self-titled Genesis it came out in 83. And there's a song on there that I have loved since the moment I've heard it. And it's got this driving piano chords that Tony Banks does. It just gets you through the whole song. And then it's got, you know, Phil Collins with this intensifying drum beat. Um, and it just keeps you going and going and going. And the song is uh, That's All. And a little, little shout-out to... That's such a great song. 
great song just drives drives you you know down the road really well and uh that's my pick that's all genesis 1983 i mean you know you're talking about peter gabriel and phil collins like you can't go wrong yeah i'm gonna tell you that i i thought about genesis as well they were definitely in my top 10 for sure i didn't know what you meant when you were texting what you were saying now i get it genesis is solid pick they're progress like they got to progress the whole thing that's a great call man love great call. it and that's all you're right the piano then it's just great man so good great picks dude all right all right moving on matt um, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to go off the rails a little bit. I'm going to have some fun. I don't know. Moose. We'll see. I don't know where these guys fall on your list, but when I, when I made my, my three piece list, you know, I put it in kind of like ranked order and I go hiking with my son every morning and I've been playing the three piece list and I've just been picking different songs, you know, jumping around the playlist and I got to say, this song, every hike, I have to listen to it. And uh, I, I'm excited. I, I haven't, I don't listen to this band very often. So again, they're what we call grandfathered in. Oh. Um, but you, I think you credit me with introducing you to them. Oh, 100%. I love I'll, it. I'll, I love I'll, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Oh, um, definitely. Such a huge fan of this band. I mean, if you Google best three-piece bands, they're on lots of lists which is as cool. they should be um jay mascus and the boys yes. uh are you know i mean they're just they're rock badasses i don't i don't, I don't have prepared remarks because i didn't actually think i was going to take these guys but as, as i'm looking at the list i just want to take it i this is the song i want to listen to right now um and uh what was, what was can I the, guess what it is? Can I yeah, sure, it? sure. Please, is it, is it start chopping? It, it's it, yeah, it is. It's just what it, what was the lyric I texted you? Like oh, I was messing with you. Oh, I like, forget. I got on my phone. Like, Goodbye. Good. Yeah, and start start chopping by Dinosaur. Yeah, start chopping by Dinosaur Junior. Where you been? Um, they're awesome. Three piece band and make lots of noise and great noise. Great noise. Great noise. Great, great noise. Picks. That's my that's my official review. Great noise. Um, I'll just I'll just Forrest. I've seen Dinosaur Junior a few times. This is one of the loudest shows I've ever been to. Jay Mashis is, in my opinion, he is a modern day Neil Young. I think he's an underrated musician. I think he's a phenomenal guitar player. I think he writes great songs with solos that fit with the songs. I grew up on Dinosaur Junior in the nineties. You introduced me to them. They're a phenomenal trio. They're definitely on my list. They were definitely the top five. They're definitely taken, but I'm glad they were taken because they are awesome. Yeah, uh, totally agree. I mean, Jay, he, he's like their vocal player, guitar player, keyboarder, vocals, drums. The guy could do it all. Uh, and that's, I think that's where that control factor comes into play. Cause he knows he can kind of do all the instruments. Um, kind of like a, you know, just a master in, in his mind and, and he, it's hard for him to explain it to people. But again, I think dinosaur junior had to be in the list and I'm glad someone took it and start chopping is such a fun song. So yeah. I can't wait to, can't wait to hear it. I'm back to I, it's my turn. Back right? to you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
listen, there's a fine line for me with electronic music, but these guys sprang onto the scene after years of writing and producing some of the biggest pop songs you've ever heard. And to me, they're, they're, they are the perfect balance between electronic and pop and experimental sounds that evokes just like, they just make me happy. I just put them on and I'm just happy. They're great. Uh, so I'm going with the self-titled album from Mike Snow. Uh, and I'm going with the song Animal, which is just obvious if you're a Mike Snow fan. They're, they're an incredible trio. I, I love Mike Snow. And uh, I've seen him live. And I've I seen him once live. And it was so much fun. And then the power went out. Damn and it. Couldn't do their encore. And I was so mad. <laughs> I never, and he came, Mike Snow came out, out and he's basically said the show's over and couldn't play Animal because that oh. was going to be the encore. And I was so sad. Um, but I know you love them and I'm, I'm so happy that you, that you love them. And uh, I can't wait to, to listen to Animal on this, uh, this playlist. So good call. You went yeah, from, not- you went from Dinosaur Junior where yeah. I could say a million things <laughs> to Mike Snow where I can say nothing. <laughs> so I'm not gonna say anything. Like, I don't know anything about that one song that was on the basement tapes. I liked a lot. This is this. I think it's probably the same song. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great song. It's a it phenomenal song. Good song. I liked it. Yeah. All right, should we keep rolling? Yep. Let's go, Stewart. All right. My fourth pick. Formed in 2009, putting out a ridiculous in my opinion, an incredible album that's self-titled. It is their one and only album, and they would be called a supergroup. This supergroup could have been off the list if, Ooh. if Ooh. two oh, bands boy. were chosen. Okay, here we go. And those two bands were not chosen. Huh. Actually, I... I, I I retract my statement. Three bands could have been chosen. Oh my God, I, wait. Yo, all right, wait, real quick. One album? Is it like an acoustic album? 100% not acoustic. Okay, this it is, is not the It is, so, okay. it right, is so incredible rocking. It is so somewhat aggressive, punk heavy. Just, it's got everything that, that you want in a rock album, and it's a super group. And, and yes, we picked Led Zeppelin a long time ago in round one. Oh. They are not a group anymore. Yes, you just picked Nirvana, but they are not a group anymore. If you could have picked, you could have picked the Foo Fighters in one of these rounds, and I couldn't pick this band. You could have picked Queens of the Stone Age, and I couldn't pick this band, or even Eagles of Death. I don't know, man. (laughs) This band. This is a good album. This band has the three members of John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Josh Homme. Dave Grohl from from, uh, Nirvana, and Josh Homme from uh queens of stone age and the eagles of death metal i'm going with them crooked vultures self-titled album in 2009 and i absolutely love this album it's a super group they've done one album they met in la and they just supposedly had the best time playing together and they just recorded an album they didn't know what they were doing and i couldn't get enough of it so they're on my list and yes there was a puzzle piece that had to work and, <laughs> and, you know, Nirvana, unfortunately is not around anymore, but Zeppelin's not around and these other oh bands God. weren't picked. So I'm going with them crook vultures. Um, the song I'm picking is a song called gunmen. And 
I guess you can call it gunman. So gunman, and it's one word. But, you know, if you're a Zeppelin fan, if you're a Nirvana fan, if you're a Queens fan, you're going to catch that vibe and them crook vultures. With Josh singing, you kind of hear more of the Queens than than any of the other bands. I was going to say. Um, yeah, but you uh, you get a great vibe. I mean, you got Dave Grohl pounding drums. You got John Paul just driving the bass. And then you got Josh with his, in my opinion, awesome guitar work and fantastic vocals. Let's get vultured. All right. I am so excited to take this next pick. I am like, I'm giddy to take this next pick. We talk about iconic bands, talk about bands that once again, leave a cultural mark, musical mark, the whole thing. I remember as a kid in the late eighties, like I love Metallica. I mean, my brother listened to Metallica relentlessly and I'll never forget listening to 1987's garage EP where Metallica covered five or six songs. Um, and, and these were bands I'd never heard of these bands before in my life. And there was one song on there called Last Caress that was about a minute long. And I was like, what Don't repeat the, the lyrics, hell? dude. What, what's like, the name of it? The song's Don't called Last Don't repeat Caress. the lyrics. Um, as a 40-year-old listening to these lyrics, I, it, it sounded very odd to me to sing these out loud at a concert when I saw them sell out the Wachovia Center. And I just said, fuck it. I didn't care. I was all into it. Um, I have been forever changed because of this band because I think they're the, one of the best bands that nobody talks about. Nobody gives them really credit for. They fly under the radar. I think they, when you talk about the punk rock, do-it-yourself mantra, the misfits just absolutely fall right in into Jersey's own. And Danzig, Jerry Only, and Doyle Von Frankenstein is his name or whatever. <laughs> Boys from some small podunk town in Lodi, New Jersey in the late 70s. Lodi, man, come on. Lodi. Yeah, Lodi. Um, when I heard Lodi. Metallica cover them, I dove right into their catalog. I think they're awesome. Their sound is so raw, and it sounds like they produced it out of a garage. They're fantastic. And the songs, I know they're like 90 seconds long, and they are like horror punk genre. Like, the lyrics are, are just, they're just weird. They're like horror, like, B-movie lyrics, right? Doesn't matter. The craftsmanship of those songs are so catchy, and I can't get enough of it. Like, when I put them on vinyl or I put it on, I, I love singing along to their songs. They're, they're sped-up riffs that are so fast. I love them. The song I'm picking is Last Caress. Don't judge oh. me the lyrics because they're disturbing. I don't care. Song is friggin' awesome. I love the Misfits. One of my favorite bands of all time. We might have to get an explicit list. So it's like you said, it's those songs. I'm looking at it were written mostly in the late seventies and early eighties. Mm -hmm. And then it released the album till 96. Oh, shit. so, and that's the thing. Like when you look at wild, it's the Misfits have a wild history. I'm not going to bore, I'm not going to get into it, but their history is unlike any other in terms of, they didn't have like a record deal. They didn't have like two, three albums. They had beasts. They had like EPs and singles that had like two, three songs on it and they produced it themselves and they sold it themselves. And then they kind of broke up and they got big because of bands like Metallica covering them. And then people like myself being like, Oh, let me dive into this and go into their catalog and be like, Oh my gosh. Like well, they kept I, the overhead, I, they kept the overhead low with, you know, recording the albums in their basement. Dude, they there. You listen to their sound. It's so raw yeah, but the energy is there and the and honestly the songsmanship is there too the songs are catchy as hell and they're like 90 seconds long in and out and you're done <laughs> they're great how long was that how long was that concert like 20 minutes 
Oh, it was like maybe an hour and 15 minutes and it was awesome. It played like 30 songs. It was the best. My hand, I was just doing a lot of chants and a lot of OOOs. And, oh, it was yeah. great. It was so much fun. Just so much cool. fun. Cool. I don't know that song on top of my head, so I'm, I'm excited to hear it and uh, check it out. All right, here we go. So, you know, we all have our kind of wheelhouse of what we like, and then we have, you know, where we kind of go outside of our, our, you know, our normal listening, right? Moose goes very indie, Forrest will go electronic. I tend to go, you know, into jazz and blues. Um, Not Blink-182? You know, <laughs> there's a round five still. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of the guys that I, a lot of the guitar players and musicians that I love and that I studied, studied jazz players, and they kind of copped their, their riffs and their playing from, from you know, sax solos and, and things like that, Dwayne Allman in particular. But so I ended up getting into a lot of jazz just from that. Um, and, and I was listening to Art Blakey uh, when I was in high school and he was a jazz drummer um, and he was awesome by the way, but I'm not, I'm not taking him, but he did an album in the mid sixties called Hold On, I'm Coming. Um, and the guitar player on that album, um, he just had this tone that was just unlike anything that I had heard up to that point, right? Um, you know. I was into rock and roll and, you know, distortion, heavy tone. And this guy just had the cleanest tone and it just was just rounded. It was, it was beautiful. But he played guitar like a sax player. He was playing like bebop. He wasn't playing chords. He was just playing notes. And it sounded fantastic. And I had to, you know, I, found, I had to find out who it was. It, it sounded like Charlie Parker on the guitar. Um, and the guitar player was, was, was a guy named Grant Green. And um, I've loved him ever since I've heard that album. Um, he did an album in 65 called Talking About, um, featuring him, um, Elvin Jones, who was the drummer for John Coltrane, and, and Larry Young uh, on organ. So it was just an organ, guitar, drum, jazz trio. And it's, it's just, it's just a, but three fantastic musicians just getting into a room and jamming for, for two days. The album's cut and it's done. Um, the, the, the album is called Talking About, and the song I'm going to pick from that is called Talking About J.C., so it's a solo artist with two other members. That would be like it's a jazz guy, right? But the jazz guys, when they would have their projects, it was just one guy. But um, I, I will speak to anything jazz. I've 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 always loved jazz. It's always like kind of a, a side love for me. Um, I'm always interested in looking up new jazz art, especially from like the '50s and '60s. And if you're going to start to reference guys like Charlie Parker, then I'm in in terms of checking that out for sure. I can't say I've heard of Grant Green at all. But I like the way you described it, and I look forward to hearing that for sure. Cool. Yeah, same boat. I, I don't know Grant, Grant Green as well. And uh, when I when I lean on jazz, I I more commonly go with the piano jazz exactly. than guitar jazz. And so I'm always looking for some guitar jazz players. Um, you know, it makes sense. You, you pick Medusky Martin Wood and uh, – you know, I would say those guys, I'm sure, got some influence from Grant Green. Um, I'm really excited to listen to them. And, uh, you know, jazz guitar is always, it's a different, it's a different vibe. So exactly. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear it. Well, I'm just Googling it now. And apparently it was reissued in Japan on CD with a slightly different cover. Um, so I might, I might try to seek that out because it, oh. it has the same design, but a blue background. Uh, mm. Listen, I, as much as uh, my my Alt J and uh, Mike Snow, you know, I listen to a lot of instrumental music while I work. So uh, I'll give it a spin. 
Well, oh, I mean, I'm looking at his uh, his Wikipedia, and he's played with Jimmy Smith, Herbie Hancock, um, Don Wicklerson, Lou Donaldson, great jazz players. He's killer, uh, man. Yeah, I think he's he's all over the map. Um, very very excited to, to to dive into the little Grant Green. Good good pick. Cool. Thank you. All right, here we go. Closing out last round. All right. All right. I am going to go with another three-piece band from Texas. Um, this band might be the greatest bar band that I've ever heard. Um, rhythm section is just just a like a locomotive, just steady, rock solid, killer riffs. Um, they achieved a moderate success in the 70s, but super mainstream success with the onset of, of MTV in the early 80s. Um, the best part is that while they... Um, they got that success. They did it in a much cooler way than a lot of the peers from the seventies did and when completely selling out in the eighties and going, you know, kind of sappy pop synth rock. Um, they kept their sound, but still it was just a more polished version of it. Um, that's what most people know them as. I am going to go back to what got them, you know, their, their moderate success and their first taste of success. Um, minimal production, no fuss, um, straight ahead, rock and roll. The band is ZZ Top. <laughs> the album is Trace. The album is the album is Trace Ombres, and the song is called Lagrange. You know, I, Rich, I figured you would take them, and I'm glad that you did because I'm going to follow up with a band that's not from that gener- generation, but a band that I, I think belongs on this list, and I believe ZZ Tops belong on this list. I, I think once again, if none of us took them, that would be a disgrace, and I'm glad that you did because they totally belong on there. It's a good call. Just like Genesis belongs there. Rush belongs there. Um, some of these bands that I think are like, they're just staples. They need to be there. ZZ Tops is one of them. That makes total sense, man. I, I've, I'm a big fan of Billy Gibbons. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's an LA staple. If you live in LA, you, you know, you're bound to bump into him. At some point, he's always bouncing around. Um, I used to love running into him living out there and you know guys just <laughs> got the craziest look his beard is 12 feet long he rocks out guitar solos um yeah it's easy top I, I don't know their catalog as a whole but uh i'm excited to you know give another dive um good pick good trio i mean i know that they, they do belong like we said so i'm glad you picked them you know, I know in the 80s, they become kind of caricatures of themselves with the beard and sharp-dressed man and those videos, but the videos are iconic, you know what I mean? But, sure. But there, was a time, there was a time when they were just a rock and roll band, and, and that's kind of where I went. Yeah, no, that's, that's, what's, that's what's interesting to me is, because, yeah, that, that's what jumps to mind to me is, is the, them with the beards, like, doing these synchronized dances and stuff. Yeah, totally, yeah exactly. Totally. Um, but... You know, you Google best rock trio and they're they're on the list. So they have to be. Yeah. Thanks for bringing them, Rich. <laughs> My pleasure. Bring really them kitchen screaming, Rich. but you brought them. Yep. Good they're, job. They're, they're always in rotation. All right, All right. Moving on, Moose. All right. So look, if I'm going to stay true to my criteria, which is I want to pick bands that are, I think, are legendary, that are iconic, that left a mark on their genre. I think I've I think I've stuck to that, and I'm going to stick with the punk rock scene. Um, Forrest, you know this band very well because when I'll never forget being in your hanging out in your bedroom and listening to Kerplunk, 
and uh, listening to Welcome to Paradise and listening to Who Roll Holden Caulfield and being like, shit, like, it's pretty cool. Like, I like it. Like, I, it's kind of neat. It's, I'm into this. I get behind this. Boom. Fast forward two years later in 1994, one of the biggest selling albums of the 90s. You've got Billy Joe Armstrong, Mike Dirt, and Trey Cool putting out a punk rock album that literally created like that pop punk. Yeah. But you can't deny Green Day's sound that they've been around for 25 years. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're a legendary trio punk band. And, you know, they, they did their time in Northern California when they were 16 or 17 putting out two albums on small labels and picked up on the major label. Oaktown. And there's a reason for that. Because when you listen to Dookie, it is great three-minute punk rock song. It's just an awesome album. The three of them play off each other so well. I think Billy Joe Armstrong, I think his guitar riffs are great. And when I think of Basket Case, and I think of Billy Joe and the guitar, and then 45 seconds later, like, boom, the drums and the bass, like, kick in, and it just explodes. It's a great fucking punk song, man. And I think they're a great punk band. And I think sometimes they get lost because they've been around for so long, kind of like Kings of Leon a little bit. I think they're an awesome band. I think they deserve to be on this list. And Basket Case, I think, is one of the best songs of the 90s. I, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I, I love Green Day. That's, that's a great, great choice. I, again, kind of like Nirvana. I just... I just sort of I'm surprised I got down to them. Yeah, that's it's it's true. Like I just sort of just didn't even I just expected they'd be gone. Like they're like when you think of best trios of all time, well, you think of Jimi Hendrix, which <laughs> and then uh, you know, but Nirvana and Green Day are are certainly from our generation. And uh I I was with them from 1039. I know you were because I remember being out movie slappy movie. hours or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and then to see their, again, just kind of like the Beastie Boys, to see them mature from, from these, you know, punk kids to, to like being activists and being, you know, having their music mean, mean more. Not, not that it didn't mean something back yeah. in the day, but like that it's, it's amazing. And, and, yeah. you know, and I don't love the Grammys, but like they, they deserved a Grammy. You know, I, I think, you know, the, I think poli- the police started the whole idea of having punk influences, but making it accessible to a more mainstream audience. Right. And Green Day, the, the, the way they've been able to toe that line. Right. It, it's it's not easy to appeal to punk fans and 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 and, you know, the more pop oriented people at the same time. Usually they're kind of opposing forces and. The way they've done it over, I mean, what, how long? 30 years? 30? Oh, uh, yeah, easily. I mean, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's just it's it, they, they, it's just a testament to the quality of the songs they write. He's a great songwriter, great band. Yeah, I, just to, it's, I'm on the same thread of, of all you guys. I mean, this is a band that was a punk band that just wanted to get stoned all day, yet got Burnout was some first song. Yeah, okay. got kind of famous. <laughs> got so good too. They got some radio success, and and their record label gave them some money, and so they were like this punk band that got rich quick. But to Anthony's point about them evolving, I mean, they grew up, yep. and their music grew up as well. So they were they're a great example of you know they didn't they didn't stick to this like they could they could write punk songs for the rest of their lives and, and been just fine, but. You know, their 30-year-old self was different than their 15-year-old self. Well, he, you know, as you get older, you kind of start 
getting rid of the labels and he stopped being a punk musician and just became a musician musician you know i mean go mm-hmm. cool. great pick great pick. green day all right moving on stewart all right so my follow-up to uh them crooked vultures will be kind of mm, no i don't know where this band fits in i really wanted to pick wilson phillips because i think hold on was, was hold on for one more day i think that was the most perfect ending to us to a, a movie scene in bridesmaids oh yeah but, uh, uh, but not, that is good that is really I, good I'm not going to go Bill Evans. I'm not going to go uh, Wilson Phillips. I'm going to go to a trio <laughs> that I was influenced um, by my wife. So this is a band that, you know, was about 10, 15 years younger than, my, than I was just when they came out. And I they actually came out when we were in college, but I just didn't hear them. And I think I remember them being talked about on campus for a little bit. But I just, you know, my life was just too crazy back then. I just wasn't this getting Grant? into new Scranton days. I think oh, so. I where you I, might go. This band might yeah. be on the list. I, I'm wondering. I, I got them on my list. I'm curious. I, I don't know. So I didn't know this band. So, anyways, I I heard him slightly in college, and then in my house, know, <laughs> and then oh my god, is this who I think this is? My wife got me into this band. So they there is another band that's out there that if you guys had selected, this band would have been off, and that is Blink 182. Because their new member is a guy named Matt Skiba, and Matt Skiba is on a band called Alkaline Trio. Yep. Oh, that's not who I was thinking of. Okay. Um, who are you thinking of? Out. I was thinking of Dispatch. Oh. oh, Dispatch. Yeah. So I'm going Alkaline Trio. This okay. this band, I just didn't know much about them until I met my wife, and um, you know, I just missed them. So, but they're huge. They have this like underground. Yeah. following or maybe oh, yeah. it's just maybe i'm just a little older and it's just like the age group that's 10 years younger than me i, I don't know but uh, my wife's obsessed with them and she plays them all the time if it's not taylor swift she's playing alkaline trio <laughs> so i'm gonna go with an album their second album called uh, maybe i'll catch a fire i guess it's called maybe i'll catch fire and the song is called radio and it's awesome so i remember my wife calling me one day and she said uh she goes uh She's like, you know, it'd be cool if you learn radio on, on the guitar. I was like, done. This is why we were dating. And that night I went home. I was like, <laughs> I got to find the song. And I called her. She was at work. And I left. I, I did the classic left the, the message of me playing the song on the guitar. And I wow. knew she just loved it. And uh, that was like, that was like kind of the beginning. So radio is a special song for me and her. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, to my wife and uh, thank her for showing me alkaline trio oh that's thick that's that's thick i remember hearing that in college right you probably heard it at my house because andy and all those guys would play they were into it constantly oh wow okay that's my okay that makes sense yeah is it that album came out in 2000 which that was the time that was their senior year yeah they 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 sort of first of all that's a that's a very sweet introduction by the way Stuart. so uh, thank you um I would I will say they they're a band that has slipped through the cracks for me and I mm-hmm. I hear the name and it just sounds like heavy or not heavy but like erratic punk music and same same boat. Well and and the majority of music I listen to like my day-to-day life is I I want pleasant experiences. <laughs> so um 
And so, no, I, but I wonder if I've missed, I wonder if it's just like, I've just put that label on them without listening to them. So yeah, I, I think or maybe they are erratic and terrible. Uh, you know, to, to piggyback off that, do I agree with you? Like Alkaline Trio slipped through the cracks because I think that is a band that's a little younger for our generation. Yep. It sure and is, yeah. As a diehard Gaslight Anthem guy, I know that Brian Fallon speaks highly of Alkaline Trio. I have a buddy of mine that I work with. Oh, like we talk music all the time. He's about seven or eight years younger. So he's like 32, 30. Oh, that's the age group. And he loves, yep. loves Alkaline Trio. So I think that's the type of band that might just was just not in our reach. Good pick, Sue. All right, wrapping it up. Maddie, you're up. All right. When I heard the topic of best three-piece band or trio or artist, I mean, this band shot to the top of the list. Uh, I had a feeling I was pretty safe with this pick, though. So... I decided I would save them for the end. Um, the irony of their name flows through in their music as they are indeed a three-piece. Um, in my high school days, I had literally never heard anything like them. When the first song comes in... Uh, I know who you some, It was something different. Uh, again, my brother introduced me to them, and I felt so proud walking into school claiming them. <laughs> incredible that's piano that's a great feeling incredible piano I, I, I just felt like they were mine like I was like no it's one it's a else. great feeling when nobody yeah. else knows the band that you're into yeah it's a great yeah. feeling yeah agreed uh, incredible piano bass and drums that's what makes up the trifecta yeah uh, this and, is not who I was thinking of and poignant lyrics that I'm sorry but you know they're a great like you can scream in the shower um I am going with, and just for clarity, they could have been my opener, but that's that's the beauty of this construct. Oh. I, I saved them Absolutely. for the three-piece band. It's all working um, out. <laughs> I'm going with Ben Folds 5, oh self-titled debut, and if I have to choose one song, I'm going with Jackson's Cannery, Stop the Bus, I Want to Be Lonely. Stop the Bus. Mike Trump. Love it. That's, that fits you to a team. That fits you to a T. Did we see them at Scranton? Maybe, probably. You were you were so, awestruck. Yeah. For some reason, I remember. Well, because because I, uh, you were. I mean, if I if I saw band. them, yeah, I think if I saw them at Scranton, like I I had been obsessed with them since college or, geez, since high school. So so I that think was, we saw that it was them and Guster. Oh it was, yeah, it was. We saw oh, Jimmy right. Oh, didn't didn't Guster? Wait, who opened Guster for who opened though? Up for Ben Folds Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was like literally. I was like, "Holy shit!" This, this. Yes, is, I, yeah, you were like, yeah, you yeah. were just like mesmerized. Yeah, well, because I'm not. It's understandable. I get it. I'm just. I, I, but I they, just they were like they were like my little band that that you're like they were coming to Scranton. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh Ben Folds. Ben Folds. Love them. All right. All We're, right. <laughs> that officially wraps up the draft. <laughs> so, so, so that wasn't a competitive pick, huh? No, not at all. Not even. I knew. I, knew, I saw that. I, I knew you were taking them. I no knew I could save no. them for the end. All right. Well, let's go around the horn. Uh, any surprises, notables, uh, honorable mentions? Um, anything? Moose, start with you. Sure. Um, I will go for a highlight. Of me in the draft was the back-to-back picks of Genesis and Dinosaur Jr. I love that. That was fantastic. 
Um, nice. I love, like, Stu, honestly, as I was writing this out, I, I pegged you for police and Beastie Boys. Don, they were your first two picks. I felt like that was where you were going, and rightfully so. Um, Rich, the fact that he took Stevie Ray Vaughan, I didn't know that was a three-piece. I was disappointed. I didn't know it. I'm thrilled um, that it's on there for sure. Um, and then, honestly, um, what you call it? Forrest, take a dinosaur junior. Like, dude, just love it, man. Like, love Dinosaur Jr. so much for my favorite bands and they were there and you took them right before me and I'm glad that they were taken. Um, I love this draft because like you said, Forrest, it puts us in a box to have to think about this and it was a lot of fun. Um, Stu, what do you got, man? I mean, yeah, my, my biggest, uh, I would say honorable mention, is going to be uh, Bill Evans trio. Um, I listened to Bill Evans almost I, I want to say every day, but uh, I probably don't listen to him every day, but he's, he's heavy rotation in our household. I'm surprised um, you didn't I'm, take him actually. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's going to be a, another time for, to, to shout him out. Um, but I'm really happy that Rich took uh, Grant Green and, and, you know, the fact that we got to talk about Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, Steve, you know, with, on a day like today, um was so special so glad you brought that up and moose i kind of i kind of thought you were going to go punk rock in, in some fashion and um you know you went misfits you went nirvana um that made sense to me um and for maddie i'm kind of glad to that he picked alt j because i you know it's one of those bands where everyone talks about it and i just don't know too much about alt j so i'm going to dive into that pretty heavily matt highlights uh I mean, I, I, as, as I said, Moose, you definitely threw me off this week with your saying Nirvana, you, you weren't going to take Nirvana. So I, 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 I applaud. I, I mean, I expected you to take Nirvana. So anyway, it's a great pick. And obviously I mean, they belong there. And I, I guess seeing both Moose and Stuart taking Nirvana and BC boys, just, it just makes sense. And then, uh, Rich, I haven't thought about Modesky, Martin, and Wood in years, and I, I feel like I would love them right now. So I'm excited to dig back in. I mean, for me, honorable mentions, I really wanted to take Digable Planets, Primus. Ooh, Primus Digable was Planets was good. Primus was chirping at the chirping at the feet, and uh, I mean, Muse. Muse was a band that just obviously was like one of no, the initial. Right. I, I was shocked you didn't. I thought take you were going to take them. That's I was shocked. I know. That was a bit shocking. You didn't go Muse. I know they didn't. They didn't. They didn't make the cut. They didn't make the cut. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't make the cut. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, we can talk about Muse if you want to talk about Muse, but that I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there that like in my initial, like best three piece band of all time, like Muse jumped to the surface, but um, just maybe wanting to switch things up or, or, or just what I actually listen to now is, is what led me where I, where we went. I think for me, um, I think kind of the chips fell exactly where you wanted them to, right? I got, you know, I got cream, Nir Moose getting Nirvana and Rush. I, I wasn't surprised. Um, Stuart, you know, taking Police and the Beasties. I was a little surprised that you didn't take Bill Evans because I know you're really into him and I like Bill Evans a lot too. And, and I kept him off the li my list because I just assumed that he was going to be gone a little earlier and he didn't get taken at all. So that was a little surprising. Um, Matt, it's hard to say who steals something, right? But like Bright Eyes has been one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite artists, period. So, you know, he was 
Rich, let me ask you something. Wait, I, I'm going to interrupt. I got to ask. Did you think for a second, if you took Bright Eyes with the first pick, did you think Cream for was a gonna second be gone. one of us would come and take Cream? Absolutely. I thought Cream would have been gone on the set coming back around. If you, if I, so I think oh, you would, I would, I would have taken him. If you, right yes, sure. exactly. If if I didn't, if I did not take Cream, you would have been like, I'm fucking taking Cream. Yeah, I was like, like oh, okay, all right, I'll do that. Any Absolutely. chance to take Duckhead down, I'm in. <laughs> That's right. Um, Stewart, very very clever taking them Crooked Vultures. It's a great album. Yes. I just never considered it because I, I thought John Paul Jones and and Dave Grohl, you know what I mean? And I knew Nirvana was going to get taken, but just very clever. Um, my, so my honorable mentions would have been um, Bill Evans as well. Um, and a band that was in heavy, heavy rotation in college. I got so tired of them that I couldn't listen to them for a couple of years. But when I came back and listened to the album, it's a fantastic album. It's just to Brazil. Um, oh yeah. First album. Is a three piece. Wait, they're, they're a three piece. First album is a three piece. Um, and, it is? and yes, and I did, and, I did not know that. Oh, Moose and, Moose uh, wants a redo. Nah. And, Jawbra- and his his previous band, closure, Jawbreaker, babe. and his previous band Jawbreaker, which is like an iconic punk band. Yeah, yeah. that was a three piece. So oh, any yeah. one of them, they were my honorable mention. He would have been my honorable mention. So, oh. um, that's it. That wraps up episode three. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, be sure to re- check us out on our podcast and leave us a review um, at the Music Draft on Spotify, Apple, Instagram, or wherever else you consume music. Um, and be sure to check out our previous episodes and stay tuned for our next episode, episode four, The Closers. Well, everyone, take care. Nice. Good work. That concludes this episode. Join us next time for Season 1, Episode 4, when the soundboard drafts its top closers from an album. The boys are officially off the clock. Listen to the police or you're a dipshit.